Thank you for listening to Papercut Podcast, bringing you evocative interviews with local creatives every week from hometown heroes to hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place to see live music in Winnipeg for over 30 years. Welcome to Papercut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we are here with Andrew Chipman. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am Andrew Chipman, <laughs> aka Chip for some people. <laughs> um, I'm a business owner here in Winnipeg. I own Chips Vintage on Lilac Street. I also DJ and play music, and what else? I don't know. I that's me. <laughs> What's your DJ name? Andy 2K. So I used to DJ quite a bit more in years past, but now it's kind of sort of streamlined to a friend, like a few friends of mine and I have a party called Pop-Tart and that is like kind of the main thing I DJ now and it kind of is like a well-oiled machine at this point. Like we've figured out our brand and whatever. So I used to DJ a lot more and like did all different types of things, but now it's like kind of honed into just like only pop. Pop Tarts are pretty wild party. Yeah. Yeah. We've like it yeah, it happened like super organically where it's just like friends of mine and um we talked about doing a pop music party and then we came up with the name Pop Tart and then we asked our friend Kylie to host and she had never done anything of the sort, but it kind of like opened the door for her to start doing drag and then so now she's like I don't know, it's been so cool to watch her develop and her craft and like um yeah, so now it's like we've gone, I think we've done it for almost five years now. So it's like really kind of found its direction and what we're going for with it. And it's fun. It's just like super fun, super unapologetic. Like that's kind of the idea is it's just supposed to be guilt free pop music. And if you like it, you like it, you know? <laughs> There's no shame in it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. how did you start DJing? I started with two friends of mine, um, they were coming up with a party concept called magic tricks and they approached me and asked if i would be interested in learning how to dj so i don't know if either of you ever went to dead lobster oh, like the yeah. after hours yeah i did remember yeah that. so i had a really hard time let me just digress momentarily a really hard time getting into there because yeah. i worked at x hughes next door okay so then it would shut down for the night my friend and I would like finish work at two, try and get into Dead Lobster, and for the life of us, we couldn't get in. And we're like, we can hear the party next door. Like, please let us in. And they're like, no, no, no. So sometimes we'd like manage to sneak in, go to Dead Lobster, and then five in the morning go and clean so that the restaurant could open at seven. Wow. Whoa. Could you imagine that life? Oh my gosh. We fell asleep there once and old men were coming in the morning and there's like, there's people sleeping here and it was just us. But anyways, <laughs> Dead Lobster was where you went. Yeah, Dead Lobster was where, um, like one of the like founders of Dead Lobster, I suppose, is a friend of mine, Evan, and he uh, kind of took me under his wing and taught me how to DJ and very, uh, he taught me in like the sort of traditional sense with actual like, T- turntables and like I, it was like I got a really good foundation of with like, records yeah like we never it was like with a controller right but with actual records so you would learn how to like I didn't get that deep into it but I just learned kind of like the fundamentals on actual turntables which I now I only use just like a digital controller but um 
yeah, I was like so thankful that they reached out. They were just like, we think you would be good at this. Why don't you try it? And That's have such these... a strange um, yeah. assumption. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think it's like it, the interesting thing about DJing. And like, I think I can say this myself because like, I don't think I'm like technically that skilled, but there's so much more that goes into it. And especially when it's like you're planning a party and you're, you know, there's I do lots of graphic design stuff. So I do all that for the like promotion things and there's just a lot that go into it and kind of brand building or, um, yeah, like trend forecasting even like for like styles of music that are happening, whatever. So I think they kind of saw that I was like interested in other things and were like, you could probably use all that and we could have a really cool party. And I think it worked. (laughs) You mentioned trend forecasting. Um, how could you explain that and then we'll tie that into chips vintage sure yeah well that was sort of um, an interesting um kind of realization i had in my life was that like i every sort of aspect of something creative i was doing i think it sort of tied into trend forecasting which um i like i kind of got my start in creative things and fashion i suppose and style i had a um like a fashion blog and I did that for years and I like did pretty well I like was writing for some national magazines and I wrote for like a weekly article for MTV Fora so like I had like lots of and then so I was always like kind of shying away from the word fashion blog because it's like I didn't really know all I talked about was things that I liked and my style and like what I was comfortable in and and then people were responding to that. So I didn't want to say like, this is fashion or this is whatever. I just wanted to say, these are the things that I like and if you like them too, this is how you can achieve it or like DIY projects or things like that. And then, so I kind of realized that in all that, I was watching fashion shows, I was like scouring the internet and like seeing what was happening sort of globally and doing it here in Winnipeg. and. I kind of realized that that was a skill that I had maybe or or something that like could develop into something more and a retail store was kind of always the end goal for me. I thought it would be sort of a good way to use that and kind of share it with others and kind of make a living off of it. Mm-hmm. it. So can we talk a little bit about trend forecasting seems as though it's something new like if you're um, like figuring out what's going to be popular in the future, it kind of seems not to line up exactly with vintage. So how do those right. two things, like what is the relationship between vintage clothes and mm-hmm. forecasting the future of fashion? Mm-hmm. Well, I think fashion as a whole is like really referential to itself. So um, I think it's kind of tough to do something totally new anymore it's kind of been done already and I think so much of fashion it it looks back on itself and it sees what has happened already and then it kind of comes back so um I just I I think about it like at the mall right now you can go to the mall and you can look through things and I feel like kind of every generation has a I used to have that or I did that (laughs) you know when I was younger I had that and these things just come back so kind of paying attention to that and like what what people are gravitating towards or what's happening in sort of the the retail world it usually it i find it often has happened before so the things are out there already and it's just about finding them and mm-hmm. or kind of 
sort of what I do with the shop too is I, I imagine that some people trust my judgment at this point, you know? And so for me to present it, I see something, I, th- I, I pick up on something that's happening and I think, okay, well, I'm going to bring that into the store and then people, you know, kind of explore it because they see it there or they see it on the Instagram or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of having a sort of finger on the pulse of like what is going to be happening. But I think in most cases it's happened already. So the things are out there, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Having a uh, brick and mortar store is huge, but now obviously in, in a digital age, we need to, you need to kind of get your business out there. What kind of things are you doing online that are help helping uh, make people aware of the brand? Sure. I mean, I'm coming, like, I'm just about at my one-year mark, which is, like, I'm... That's it. That's it. So well, I, I feel Sorry, like I don't mean that's it, but, <laughs> no, like, but I thought it feels been, like it's been a while. It seems like yeah. a staple. Like, I feel like it's been there. Yeah, so did you have I a, appreciate that. an Insta like, an online store before? Nothing. No, nothing. So I did sell a little bit, and I did pop up sort of under, like, the... My blog was called Pull Teeth, so then through that, I sort of trickled like down into doing some things in Winnipeg like I did a few pop-ups I did sell a little bit online but like very little and it was all under sort of the pull teeth umbrella so not until I launched the brick and mortar store did I like come up with the chips brand and kind of start marketing that and realistically like I think I started the Instagram I opened in um February of 2019 and I would have started the Instagram, like, just with little teasers as I was, like, renovating and stuff in the wind, like, few months before that. So it's really only been a year. And I've, like, been very lucky that I've built an audience. And Instagram is, like, I joke with so many other entrepreneurs, like, I can't believe this thing is free. <laughs> because it's really drives my business. And it's really such a, like, important and helpful tool. Really, like, that's... Instagram is kind of the basis of what I do. And then I like I have a Facebook page, but I don't really I mean, it's just sort of a landing spot for information, but not like as constantly updated as the Instagram. But mm-hmm. right. I had my cousin the other day. I asked her if she had a Facebook and she's like, I don't need recipes. I was like, excuse <laughs> me. Oh, wow. She's just like such a like. That's cutting edge. Yeah. yeah. She's like 19. She's like. <laughs> Facebook's for recipes and I don't need any like okay I I mentioned this because um I I found the shop through one of your posts actually and that's how I ended up there and it just made me realize that there's a lot like that is such a beautiful space like going in there and like it's it's interesting to see businesses especially local businesses too you need to utilize especially when you with clothing and stuff like that utilizing social media and Mm -hmm. stuff like that like that's got to be a massive part of the business Yeah, it's huge. And I mean, it's almost to the point (laughs) with certain days where I'll like post things on Instagram. They all sell like people will send me a um, e-transfer to like that's basically what I do is I post things on the Instagram story. Someone wants to purchase it. They can purchase it by e-transfer and then come pick it up whenever they need. But there are certain days where there's like almost no one coming through the store and I sell like five items online and it's like, why did I open a store? (laughs) But then there's other days that are like incredible and like meeting and it's just, to me, it's so important, especially with vintage. It's like the experience of feeling the materials, trying things on, the fits are so all over the map 
Oftentimes mm-hmm. I post something on Instagram and someone asks the size and I say, well, it says this, but I don't know if I can trust that. You know, it's it's marked a large, but I would say it fits small, you know? Yeah. So um, that's part of why I really wanted to have a physical brick and mortar store is I think it's such a part of the experience, but I'm like not mad about <laughs> making sales on Instagram. It's fine. It's like, it's the way of the future, you know? And if, it, if that's the way I participate in it, like I don't have an online store at this point, but the Instagram is really kind of like fueling that. And it's all about, I guess, like the accessibility of it all and you know it's you're sitting within your bed on your phone and you can purchase an item you know with a few clicks or whatever so I get that because I do it too but yeah I just like I also like encouraging people to come pick it up in the store and then you come and see it and all that but you get to interact with a lot more I you know for what it's worth I like um I need to see clothes before I buy them because Everyone always says, like, oh, you could just ship it back, but it's such a pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so lazy that if I get it and it's, like, a little bit of an odd fit, I'll kind of just be like, okay, well, yeah. that's what it is. But, I, yeah, going there, feeling the fabric, you know, what it's made out of and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the spot's nice. Thank How did you. you end up in that spot? <laughs> so, um, the spot, I'm, so, yeah, I'm in a basement spot of another business, which is Prep Collective, which opened at the same time as me. So... Um, a friend of mine, Chelsea Marinelli, she's the owner of Prepare on Cordon, and they also have a location in Tulum, Mexico. So she was um, just, she's always kind of like thinking what's next for her business, which I always admired. And she knew I was interested in doing this and like always wanted to sort of help facilitate it in some way, but it never really panned out in her current location or it just didn't make sense. And then she called me one day and said, I, I just went and looked at the shop and I think you should maybe come and see it with me. So we like went in and checked it out and um, it was really helpful because it kind of gave me that push. I was like in a like pretty secure job and very comfortable and it, it was like very daunting to think about leaving everything and just like just trying this out. So I kind of like I will forever be in her debt, I think, because (laughs) she just like really kind of gave me that push. And even the initial thing of going and looking at spaces and stuff, I don't think I was going to go and do that by myself. Like it just, especially when it's just an idea. So that really gave me the push. And then I, I really got my ducks in order and yeah, it was, we kind of designed everything ourselves and she, we were renovating at the same time and it was, interesting where it was nice because I kind of had the freedom of like where do you want to be do you want to be upstairs do you want to we never imagined me in the basement and then that's where I ended up and I love it it's like so perfect so um yeah it was like kind of a friend helping me take that first step and yeah I'm like I'm super pleased to be attached to them it's like it's really I think about it sometimes where if I was alone all the time, every day, you know, it's, of course you have visitors and all that, but, um, there's downtime of course. And I think it was the right choice to start this in sort of a shared use space. Cause it's a little less daunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And was it city hall when you went and it took a It was city look? hall when we went and so took a So you really had an imagination. <laughs> yeah. It, it looked a lot different. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Especially the basement. I mean, it was, he was selling Converse's down there and there, it was just like, you could see the furnace, like you, it was just a basement and you know, it was fine. It served its purpose, but yeah, I put a lot of imagination <laughs> and time and effort into figuring out how to make that space work. And I think I'm happy with how, how it ended up. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. pink. It's right? pink. It's bright pink. pink. Yeah. You can see it from the street. Almost like when you're walking by, it's like, Zing! yeah, it's kind of funny. And it's the, the prep collective, their thing is like very, it's sort of inspired by that Tulum feel. So it's very like dark and moody and like textured walls. And, and then, so it's such this contrast to this like bright pink, like I added so much lighting down there, <laughs> got a neon pink sign. So it's like all that is like sort of I, I like the, how they complement each other. But it is very clear that you're stepping in from one business to another. And that was really important for me too to kind of differentiate. But yeah, these like these small things that became decisions out of sort of necessity, like the pink was really like I'm going into a basement. How do I brighten this up? Like, how do I make it more inviting and and the, that's where I landed on was the pink. And even the pink goes up onto the ceiling where it was, you know, there's low pipes and there's all that. But it's like, I can't hide this because then the ceilings are going to be, you know, like six and a half feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have to just embrace it. And how do I do that? I'm going to spray it all pink. And I feel like even the walls continuing up into the color in the ceiling kind of makes it feel more open. Um, and yeah, just a t- ton of lighting. <laughs> but yeah. So how, take us through a Chips Vintage shop, like how you find the things that you're selling. Sure. Um, well, that's a question that I get so often. Well. Now you won't have to answer whoa. it. Everybody will listen to this. I know, I'll, I'll it'll be then... original. <laughs> exactly. I can just uh, let Refer people. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get, you have, hand out a card with the link on it or something. <laughs> it's like you can find out here. Um, not necessarily that, but people are asking, do you take consignment? Do you buy clothes? And so those are like questions that I'm feeling often. Um, I've been buying and collecting for a very long time. So I have, and again, we're talking about trend forecasting where some things that I bought and I'm opening up a box, I'm like, okay, I get that that would have been like cool to have seven years ago, but like it's not working right now, you know? So uh, there's definitely those, but um, I have like the storage or sort of, my parents' basement, I've, like, taken over in a room there, and it's, like, full of stuff. My or my dining room at our apartment is now a closet slash storage. It's, like, I've kind of got stuff everywhere, but I still really love shopping. Oh, no! <laughs> so I do try to work through that stuff, and I think that's maybe, like, a New Year's resolution for me to, like, kind of hold off on shopping a little bit and really, truly work through that stuff because... I need to, but, um, I think that just like fueled it. I just love shopping and Mm -hmm. like how, and I realized the more and more I was sort of developing the concept of the store, lots of people don't. And especially thrift shopping, it can be really daunting. Lots of people, I get so many people tell me like, I don't know how you found this. Like I, I walk into a thrift store and I just can't, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the patience. So if I can provide that for people, I'm like thrilled to. So um, I just, yeah, kind of realized that 
taking sort of the work out of it for people and kind of having it in a clean and organized and, you know, thought out um, arrangement. It's a little more inviting for mm-hmm. people who are who are interested in, in wearing vintage or sort of more sustainable things, but can't be... I shouldn't say can't be bothered, but just are overwhelmed by it, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of found, and I'm still finding my my audience who really appreciate what I do, right? So, um, yeah, I, I... I think it's like, well, especially when you, like, just want to get a great pair of vintage jeans, and then you just, like, go to six thrift stores, and you couldn't right. find your size anywhere. Right. But then you go to, like, a vintage store, and you're like, oh, a whole section of jeans organized by size and they're all great and right. vintage and I can just exactly not waste my time yeah like, it's a lot of like so much time to find something good yeah but then the feeling when you find something good totally and something I oh, I, I always when I'm in a store <laughs> I go oh my god and I startle people like yeah oh my gosh this is so good yeah and it's or the big <gasps> I know. Always, you know, when you find something that's so good and people are like, what'd you find? Yeah, like, yeah. Ew, it's hideous. Well, and then <laughs> kind of what I do, I get to do that and not have the letdown of something not fitting me, you know? It's like, yeah, it's been kind of fun to shop for others and try to do as wide of a range of things as I can. And, you know, I see something that's cool and I'm like, this isn't for me, but it's definitely going to be for someone. And um, that makes the shopping even more fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I had a question and I forgot it. Oh shit! <laughs> um, yeah, no. Do you style like um, things, like photo shoots and stuff like that, or? I have a little bit, not much. I don't know. I don't know if I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's totally cool. It just something interesting about having a retail store for me was about me being interested in clothes and fashion and style growing up people would always say either like oh so you want to design clothes and then I thought oh I guess I do and it's like no I actually don't I I took a sort of apparel design course through um, Red River and um, glad I did because (laughs) I realized it wasn't really for me it's it taught me really good fundamentals about things and I'm I'm glad I did it but it there was times where I thought, if this is what I want to do, I have to move away. I have to go to a bigger city and go to school for something. And um, I never did. <laughs> and then kind of realizing that, like, where that, you know, there's so many different, just because you're interested in, in clothes doesn't mean you have to want to create them or design them. You can, you know, and for me, it's really. Like I said earlier, there's things out there and going and finding those things and having them have a second life. It's like that brings me so much joy. And so I'm very grateful that I kind of toyed around with different ideas and like found where where I think my strengths are best put to use, you know, and I'm happy and people seem to be happy. So. Um, I remember my question now. Great. Um, so when you, when you're acquiring some clothes, do you personally acquire them from someone? Like if they have a collection that they're looking to get rid of, like will you go and see them and then purchase from their uh, their closet? I don't do that very much. Okay. There are other vintage sellers in the city that do, um, 
I mean, yeah, I get the question a lot about consigning or buying out, and I don't... If I'm, like, completely honest, I think I wouldn't have the heart to, like, tell people I don't want their things. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it comes with this interesting thing where p- people don't want to just get rid of their things. So that means something to them. You know, if, the, if they didn't, they would just drop it off at the thrift store. But the reason they're coming to me, which I appreciate and I get it, like, I hold on to things that I treasure that aren't for me anymore. And I would have a hard time letting go with it. So... I, I hesitate with that only because I don't know if I would have the heart to, like, you know, go through someone's closet and be like, I don't want any of this. Or, right, you know, like, this is five bucks and they wanted like 50. Right. Exactly. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And and even my pricing, I like try to keep things like nothing in the stores over a hundred dollars. And I really try to keep things at like a pretty accessible price point. Obviously, it depends on the piece and, you know, um, the condition and rarity or what have you. But um yeah, I just, I think my margins would be different than if I was buying off other people. Um, I have had some folks where, like, friends are like, I'm getting rid of stuff. Or they're doing a clothing sale and they're selling everything off for whatever, a piece, and then they ask if I want to see it first. So I there has been some where it's, like, people I know and I know, and they come to me knowing that these things would fit in the store, where vintage is a very broad word. Yeah. And even with my branding and everything, it's it's Chips Vintage is the Instagram, but I kind of try to go with Chips because I don't want to sort of pigeonhole myself and what I'm doing. Or people hear the word vintage and then they expect a 1920s gown or whatever. It's, everyone has their own interpretation of it. So I hope people come and see what I'm doing and, and appreciate it. But um, yeah, I just... I've had people say, oh, I have this gorgeous piece from, you know, a, a Hudson's Bay jacket from the 60s, whatever. And it's just like I look around the store and I'm like, I don't think that would work here. You know, it's and it's I'm sure it's great and I'm sure it's beautiful, but I have to be kind of careful about what I'm putting out there because I think it's part of the brand and it's part of and I don't want to get in a position where I'm, you know, compromising my vision or what. Spending money on something that nobody that comes to your store wants to buy. Exactly. Or puts it in a price point that no one in my shop is used to spending. And, you know, it's just, yeah. So there are people who do it and have success with it. And um, it's funny. I even, it's as this year of business has gone on, the beginning, people would ask where I got my stuff. And I'd have this really wordy answer. Oh, I just love, yeah, I'll go to people's closets. I'll go to estate sales and sure I've done that but it's like 95% of it is thrift stores mm-hmm. so now it's kind of got to the point where I say I, I go out to thrift stores and I look for the stuff and that's kind of it you know it's I like going and hunting and I appreciate that others don't and I like want to do that for people so um yeah I just think and I don't think there's really shame in that <laughs> I think you're providing a service in some capacity right so um and you're doing it carefully, like you're you're curated carefully, and you're right. building a brand, right? Right. Like and you, like you said, with your vision, without compromising it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which you've put a lot of work into, like I I guess like even just talking about your history of like fashion, like if you are picking out something, right, for me, like I expect it to be great. <laughs> right. I expect you to take the time and get me something that, well, like by paying for that service, of course, something yeah. that's in style and cute and fresh and lovely yeah (laughs) so i mean like that's 
that's like a pretty cool service, you know? Right. And I, like understanding that, that there's value in that, I think. And also, I, I really encourage people to go out thrifting, you know? It's not like... There is a lot of stuff out there, and I think it's important that we are being a little bit more thoughtful about how we're purchasing, especially clothes. And um, sort of a challenge I gave myself was I, it's like a funny spectrum, but all like basically all that I buy or wear now is either vintage or designer, where I know where it was made and, you know, I know the quality is there. And um, I just kind of cut the middle part out, like the kind of fast fashion and, um, it's been interesting and it's, you really realize you don't really need that stuff. So, um, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, it's kind of led me, like you said, these things that I've done in the past, I, I really didn't know where it would land me, but I knew I wanted to stay in Winnipeg and hopefully provide something to the city that I love. And yeah. So... Let's talk about, uh, <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> um, I want to talk about like tips for like refreshing your current closet. Like I have a bunch of stuff that like I can't figure out how to wear. Okay. Like for example, like an oversized t-shirt. Right. It's not the thing anymore. You feel? No, I don't know. I'll give you an example. Okay. So, like, how how do you um, take a piece that, like, you love and you feel like it's not in style anymore? Like, right. how can you style or how do you style things? Just, like, a plain t-shirt or something like that. That's you a good question. I mean? Yeah. Um, like, what are... I, I think what I'm asking more is, like, what are the trends to... zhuzh up? Sure. Something basic. Thank you. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like, I, I'm trying to think of like myself and how I dress and how I, I'm like maybe bad for that. (laughs) Hold on to things that I, you know, if I'm not feeling it anymore, then, um, I kind of just move on maybe, but, um, I don't know. I think shopping vintage is maybe my answer. It's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, like what, even like your sources for like figuring out what's hot and fresh. Sure. Well, I mean, like we talked about Instagram earlier, but it's the same for me where it's like following people whose style that I admire. And, you know, you don't want to necessarily copy, but just do it. If they live in LA. Yeah. Like, well, and truly. And <laughs> I, I think part of that is like the intention right people dress I I don't think you're necessarily dressing to like have people copy you but I mean you won't if you want to be current and you want people to admire the way you dress maybe they see something in you and it's like oh I could try that or um so I think just like following things or like publications like um I carry a New York-based magazine called Office in the shop and it's like a beautiful large-scale magazine it just has such beautiful images and fashion and so I think in a day and age we're in now there's like so much content out there and to just kind of find where your style kind of fits in that and like people that you constantly are seeing 
So I think it's like exploring the net and the net, like <laughs> go surf the net. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's again, and Instagram is free. Like it's this <laughs> boundless tool where um, you can like access so much visual information. And I think when you're like looking at at your wardrobe or your clothes and how to like style things differently. I think that can be really helpful. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, I was yeah. expecting something groundbreaking. Like I know. just turn it upside down shirt, and yeah. like <laughs> wear oh, them as pants. You're right. Like, yeah. Just, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just toss out the shirt. Well, all for some reason I like got into this habit because one time I put a shirt on backwards and I was okay. like, Oh my gosh, I love this shirt. How did I never know that I loved this shirt so much, but yeah. I put it on backwards by accident. So okay. now before I give anything away, I try it on backwards first. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love I'll that. I'll try it on frontwards <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, I don't love it anymore. And then I'll turn it backwards. I'll be like, this is it. Oh my so gosh. Good. For me, I'll, I'll cut the sleeves off of a shirt and I'm like, if I could use it at like festivals or something, like, yeah, yeah, as yeah. A, like and then it's like on the last legs. I know once the sleeves off, it's like, if this doesn't look good, it's you know, That's it's it. like I don't feel that. We bad. tried it. Yeah, I tried doing something like exactly. maybe stretch out the the collar a little more. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So you, you ever have clothes like that where it's like it just looks better when it's beaten up a little oh, bit more? Oh, for sure. Like, like some shirts, I just pull on the collar until I have like more room, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is nice. Yeah, <laughs> is I had good. a friend that would cheese grate her jeans. Yeah, no way. That's actually a thing. Well, because they wouldn't be distressed. Right. So she's like, I can't afford distressed jeans, so I'll just cheese grate them. And she cheese grated all of our jeans. We gave them all to her, and she did them for <laughs> Is us. Is that, like, the that. normal technique to getting that? <laughs> yeah, like, you could do that. I had always wondered. Definitely. Like, I've tried. I've done that, for sure. Really? Yeah. Come on, Jared. Get in loop. See, that's, I, yeah. these cool. are the tips I would Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is Here's one. I feel like... Um, Talking about that, these like things that like really worn worn out things, I feel like is like sort of a trend. It's like even like painters' jeans or something that are mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. completely covered or whatever. I think is like kind of cool. So I was out shopping. I like I don't do it super often anymore, just because I'm at the sh- shop all the time. But like I really like going to the small towns, oh, like yeah. around Winnipeg. And I was in, um, I think it was Brandon. And I was looking, I always look at the men's like workwear section because I, I think, I just like, I'm so attracted to workwear. I think it's like an interesting, even trend. But they had a whole section of jeans that were just like obviously like some working man's jeans that were just destroyed, like oil stains and like rips and whatever. And I just think they're so cool. Like, <laughs> I bought all of them, I think. It's just like, um, but going on this like, turning it backwards or cutting it off or whatever. Something I've been doing is turning things inside out. And I feel like I see that too is like exposed stitching or like seams can be like a trend that I've seen happen. And like a funny story is Caitlin, who's a manager of prep collective. So I see her every day. She showed up in this like Sherling jacket with like exposed seams, like really cool. Like, uh, yeah, it's like this gray shirt or brown shirling with black seams. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, that's got to be some designer. I asked her about it. And she's like, oh, literally, it's just like a thrifted fleece that I just turned inside out and cut the tags off. And it's so cool. And then, like, weeks later, I found the exact same one. So now her and I, like, have matching shirlings that we just, like, turned inside out. And then someone was shopping in the store one day and we're like, that's the one. 
we're like, did you ever try turning that inside out? She like came back after and told us that she did it. So it's like just so funny. These like unlike unintentional second purposes for clothes, you know, it's like now this jacket gets worn double as much because you can wear it the right way or wear it inside out. So kind of funny. It's like you got to play around with things and see what works. And mine that I'm really bad for is I, I think I have short legs so pants, I like almost always have to cuff or buy them short or get them altered. But I always try to like cut them myself and it just like never, <laughs> it never works. Right. I just like do it way too short or like it just, I don't know. So sometimes you got to just stick to I'm so tall. So I'm like super grateful for this cutoff trend. Yeah. Because oh, okay. I just yeah. have to follow the literal seam on the bottom, just like tight, tight, tight. And it looks like I cut them short. Right. But really, I cut them as minimally as possible. Yeah. So they still remain yeah. as tight they're supposed to be. But now I have to wear very often leg warmers. Right. Because oh, yeah. all of my jeans are short. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. Like, totally. But, like, maybe not the best trend for Winnipeg winters. But, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. So, uh, what is your trend that you are? I want to. Okay. I want one that you want to come back that's like kind of oh. like super fresh to us but like okay. it needs to come back and then the one that like you don't want to come back <laughs> because i i'm asking this question because i went to a 2009 themed party 2009 so i wore okay. a very short denim skirt yeah. and black leggings yeah but the ones that cut off at the ankles with sports socks of course right and then the tank top with the lace on the bottom oh yeah, underneath yeah. a green echo sweater so i that's great i looked like a high school child and i was thinking well high school when i was in high school and i was thinking one day my daughter is gonna go through a bin and be like oh my god look at this echo sweater i'll be like please don't put that on i know okay so that's why i asked this question to you you know what one that's like fresh on my mind that i see happening i don't know if people are ready for it but it's northern reflections i love it oh my gosh and it's like that was like my mom's go-to and like the like but like their their logo is just like iconic Mm -hmm. and i'm like always drawn to it and i've brought some sweaters in and t-shirts and i'm like maybe pushing a little bit too hard right now (laughs) I was in Northern Reflections magazine when I was 10. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. I wore black bell bottoms (laughs) with a um, army pattern up the side. And then a purple and blue army patterned. Um, bell sleeve. Okay, actually, our shirt. interview's over now. So, <laughs> yeah. How did you get this, Olivia? Um, how did this opportunity arise? <laughs> I know, we need to know more. I was more. just like a child model person. Wow. They just like sent me on things. My brother, I think, might have been in one, too. So cool. But I signed one and gave it to my dad. So I would love That's if this so Northern cute. Reflections came back. Yeah. But I couldn't take the outfit, and I was pissed. Oh. I was like, can you buy this outfit for me, Mom? She's like, absolutely not. It's $30. Like, <laughs> Did they pay you to be in there? Yeah, they paid me $50. Okay. So you could use the th- that to buy it? No, because I bought Harry Potter stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm. Of course, naturally. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so Northern Reflections, I, pushing I see, to get that back. I see it happening, and then I'm like trying to make it happen. And I don't know <laughs> if it's really going to happen. But even like I the other day, I posted this like beautiful um, like bright pink like small floral quilted jacket and it like 
certain items I'm like, oh, this will be great. But this was a Northern Reflections jacket. And I was like, I don't really know if it's going to be for anyone. And it sold in like five minutes for me posting it. And then all day people are like, is that available? Is that available? Is that available? So like Northern Reflections, it's like sometimes. And so maybe something that I'm like mindful of is not judging an item by its tag. Even like, um, like not the like main Nygaard line, but there's like Aaliyah and there's another one, ta- Tabby Tanjay. or ta- ta- Tanjay. Yeah, yeah. Tanjay. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, I oftentimes I see things and they're like really cool. So nice. Yeah. I like Tanjay. So every once in a while. Yeah. It's but like, then I see Tanjay and I put it back. Right. So it's like, maybe just like be a little more, I don't know. My, my thing is like, don't judge by a tag, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know what, I see like kind of that 2009, you know, like the like scene kid thing. It's like I see some people like really going for that look, and like I don't know if I'm ready for it. It wasn't just a yeah. phase. It's actually they're still saying yeah, the true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I I don't discourage anyone from like anything really. I just like want people to feel comfortable and confident, and if if that's you in a whatever echoes <laughs> then that's awesome i don't know i i yeah i think it's more about like what i what i see and what i like and that's what you'll find in the store but i don't discourage anyone from like anything i think you should just like do what feels right for you <laughs> awesome. that's good advice yeah um i've got one more question go for it okay uh so you said you love shopping it What's the, I want to say the most iconic item that you bought for the shop, mm-hmm. but ended up keeping because it was just so. Oh, <laughs> I'm okay. Well, this quilted pink jacket recently, I tried it on and I thought maybe I should have this. So I'm learning really good self-control, especially with the shop is like to let things go. Um, it's got to be like really good band t-shirts. I have some like really, really good ones that I just like would probably do great in the store, but I just, like, could never... Like, I have a really good, like, Billy Ray Cyrus one. I have a great Michael Bolton one. And they're just, like... They have their faces on them? Yeah. Yeah. Those face ones are, like, right on trend right now, eh? Oh, yeah. People love the full lounged-out country singer. Yeah. Mullet. Especially if it's cracking, too. Yes, totally. Yeah, it's aged a bit. Yeah. That's a sweet spot. Um, (laughs) Yeah, fully. So, I, like, I'm really... Maybe bad for holding on to those things i tell myself i'm like oh i'll wear it once or i'll wear it twice and then put it in the shop and it's like okay that's going back in my drawer <laughs> like I, I don't know i but yeah i'm like pretty good about letting things go now I, it just again it's a thing where something might not be working for you and then you see someone try it on it's like oh like that's how i thought that would look on me and it doesn't and you need to own it <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, so it's bringing me a lot of joy to see people appreciate things that, especially those ones that like maybe I held on to for a little bit. So I'm, I'm being pretty good about letting them go. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming in. Thank you. Yeah, really thanks for having me. And thank, thank you for cutting deep with us on Paper Cut Podcast. Thanks. thanks.